Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. T.J. Morris, and you're listening to T.J. Morris E.T. Radio. Welcome aboard, all you ground troops spinning around smartly. We're real excited to be here. Uh, this is actually 2019 on the planet Earth, Gaia, Sophia, Sophia, whatever you call it, home for all of us, including out in cyberspace. We have AI, or AGI, and artificial general intelligence, and a lot of it is very real. And so we're going to be talking about that tonight. We've got the ACO Invisible College, UFO Association, Alienology, Cosmology, Ufology, and PSYOPs. And I've welcomed a lot of my friends in our various thousands of people in uh, cyberspace. So uh, I'm glad you're listening, and we've got this hooked up to live tonight. And uh, we go out to iTunes, which is the big one, Stitcher. We go out to Spreaker and uh, FM Radio and uh, many, many more that I've already forgotten about. <laughs> but I spent seven years hooking them all up out there. So there's numbers everywhere. So it depends on where you're listening. Don't go by just those numbers. Even here where we uh, actually broadcast out of New York with Blog Talk Radio, started by Mr. Levy. Now, uh, we may have some people drop by just to introduce yourself, but tonight... I've got uh, my dog here, Coco, and so I've got, I've got to see if I can keep her quiet. I'm on uh, my landline uh, into uh, that New York location, and uh, people asked me if I could Skype them in and out of uh, our Australia office in UK. We have people that are friends of ours from all over the world, and a lot of them are just volunteer our subscribers to our various journals. These include uh, UFO Association, ACO Association, and uh, that's international. We have uh, various people that have come and gone on various events, but they stick with us. And then we also have Cosmos Expos magazine, and a new one I've started, Ascension Psychic magazine. And I had a lot of people that came on. We had them in Ericop magazine. But we're going to be discussing various topics tonight. I've uh, asked Janet Carol Lesson and Tommy Hawksblood have both been from Hawaii for years and years, and Janet Carol Lesson has been really assisting us for years, booking people that she found uh, comforting to know that they were kindred spirits with our Ascension Center organization 
or later on in 2015, we started the Alien Contact Organization. And I have since had Tommy that was uh, helping us with an event back in 2012, Stargate to the Cosmos, move from where Janet was in Maui. He moved to the Big Island over where Dr. Solace is, Dr. Michael Solace is. Uh, agreed to help us with our ACO club, and he, you can hear it on the radio. And uh, also Joan Ocean over there on the Big Island. And then Dr. Solik, Corey Good are working with Joan Ocean on the Big Island over there and Tommy Hawk's blood uh, from time to time. So we'll leave them on the Big Island, but just let you know we uh, we operate with many, many people. And, yes, we acknowledge their names, and uh, we're all about being together on the same planet at the same time. Now, I've separated a lot of my groups based on topics, as has Janet, and Alien Hunters Organization. I pretty much uh, have got one person on here for that. That's going to be Steve Colburn out of California with his company, and he's an entrepreneur, an independent contractor, but he's in our association now as of 2019. And, of course, Janet Carroll Lesson, our old standby for the Ascension Center Organization, Alien Contact Org, and she thought it was hilarious that I used ACO for quite a few things, but she's been very dependable and uh, brought us many people to share, so she's going to be sharing this uh, on her Aquarian radio, which she broke off and started back in uh, 2012 after we started this one in June 2012. And I think she began by August uh, hers, and I'm going to bring her on and Steve. So without further ado, Janet Carolison, and I've got Steve on here. Uh, Janet, can you hear me? How you're typing? I can hear you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Go ahead and introduce yourself, and then we'll get. Okay. Um. Yes, I'm Janet here, yeah. and I'm the co-host here at um, whatever we're calling the show now. I was thought <laughs> we should call it Ascension Center. We've changed the name of our show a number of times, but um, we started out the Ascension Center back in the day, uh, back in the what early 2000s. We were talking about the Ascension Center. So anyway, so whatever we're calling it, we're going to figure that out. I'm putting up a space holder today, <laughs> and um, but I'm, I've been working with TJ. Well, we actually met in 1993 in Hawaii, but we kind of met as part of a big group, and we didn't really recognize each other because I was so shy back then. I used to just hide in the corner and didn't want to be noticed. But, um, you know, that's what I did until I figured out if my environment was safe or not, and I still don't know because piecing it together, there was a lot of um, contact with the different uh, entities like CIA and uh, Project Stargate and, you know, TJ and I were both in it. But a lot of times when they um, they pull you into these groups, you don't know you're in it until, <laughs> until much later. So we pieced that together over the years and we figured out what was going on and we've had other informants and whistleblowers and experiencers come forth and here it is, uh, what is that? Many, many 2019. years later, over 20, 20, <laughs> oh, 2019. 89 to 93 to... 26 years later, 26 years later, oh, uh, we're finding pieces together. Yeah, it's amazing when you think about it. It's almost scary. It's like, oh, that much time has gone by since all that happened. But um, we get a lot of people that want to, uh, you know, whistleblow with us. So, you know, if you want to, do contact us, contact us and we'll see what we can do about getting you on the show. We get a lot of secret space program experiencers, 
of all kinds. They can consider themselves abductees, contactees, experiencers. So we're real excited about this. I would get uh, time travelers. I've been interviewing time travelers, and apparently there's a whole bunch of people that have traveled back and forth through time, and that's going to come out. It's like soft disclosure now. We're getting a lot of testimonials, but we don't have real hard evidence. But, you know, we're dealing with the level of testimonials right now on this show. So what else do you want to know? So I, I'm an author like TJ. I have all my books are up on Amazon.com. I've got two or three in the queue. i got to focus on those, get those done. And we're moving into TV and video on, on our various, um, what do you call it, websites. Mine is Aquarian Radio and TJ's, I don't know what you're calling yours, ACO or whatever. Uh, TJ feels uh, 22 of them. Hers. <laughs> yeah. Well, right now, anyway, this I'm, is TJ Morris ET Radio, but I've got TJ Morris Radio too for broadcasting, and then we've got my mm-hmm. company that is the holding company in Florida is American Communications Online, also an ACO company. So, uh, mm-hmm. Janet, I started with Ace Folklife with Tom, and uh, I've got my children here at the house in Gulf Breeze, so I'm re-raising my children thanks to the economy these days. You know, I'm a grandmother, and I have a granddaughter in one room and my daughter in the other room, and uh, we have people next door that are relatives, so it's very interesting that families in the United States of America, the middle class is, uh, we've almost wiped it out, we're trying to bring it back. There's those that have and those that have not. So we're going to work with all these associations and try to get some common ground, common ground in the world again. And uh, I appreciate you living in Hawaii. I, I miss Hawaii, and I did live there and went to where Janet's living now. But at that time, I was uh, talking with John, uh, with Charles Muir of the Tantra Temple World and uh, her husband, Dr. Alexander Sasha Lesson, Ph.D. in Anthropology, Masters in Psychology, to form the Ascension Center. And um, I was in Oahu, and they were saying, well, you've got to go to Maui. They've already got one started. So we were had friends that went to what Janet and I did with Spiritual World Network and your spiritual center. And I was on the radio and uh, various radios on Oahu, but people took me, and we flew to Maui back in the time when uh, uh, Miss Houston was coming and going in Maui. I'd fly occasionally with her. If y'all remember Whitney Houston back in the day, so she used to oh, come and yeah, go Whitney. from Maui. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Michael Jackson came over there, and he saw me as a psychic. So I'm pretty much known as the Ascension Psychic. I started the Ascension Center Psychic Awakening Classes back 89 to 93 and in the ascension center we had the a and uh now it's pretty much taken over uh, and now i know why the catholic church in new york wanted to talk to me back when i had all that brand back in kentucky but i found out they had the same brand which was strange because we created ours many many years ago and it just happened to be the ascension center that i now attend here in florida and they take care of me and my daughter so it's curiouser and curiouser how these ETs work. Our God, yes. our both. <laughs> and I, so I we're going to have to sure talk about right, that. And TJ was at my house before I was. <laughs> she met my husband before I met him. So that's how small this world is. You think there's, you know, six, seven, eight billion people or whatever on the planet. 
But TJ was in my house and met my husband, and then I met my husband later. So I don't know. I think this is E.T. orchestrated, really. I really think it's E.T. orchestrated. There's too many synchronicities and, and weird stuff like that. Oh, I just I hear Steve. Steve. Our, our, our particular world is a lot smaller. Uh-huh. Yes. Now, Steve, yeah. go ahead and introduce yeah, yourself. Phenomenon. Um, I'm Steve Culver, and I'm a chemist and material scientist, and um, I was a partner of the late uh, Dr. Roger Lear from uh, 2008 up to uh, 2014, March 2014, when he uh, passed away. And um, I have analyzed uh, uh, seven different um, alien implants or uh, uh, objects that were taken out of Dr. Lear's patients. And um, I was present at the last three removal surgeries that he did. And um, uh, one of these objects came out of my toe. Um, by the way, and um, uh, I analyzed these objects and uh, found out that they are uh, sophisticated nanotechnological devices um, with uh, carbon nanotube electronics and um, uh, have um, um, trace element um, patterns and uh, isotopic ratios indicate that they're from off-planet. The materials are from off-planet. So um, this is a uh, smoking gun um, that uh, indicates that um, there are aliens visiting us and um, uh, coming into people's bedrooms at night and um, uh, interacting with uh, human beings. All right. Thank you, Steve. Have you seen them in your bedroom, TJ, the uh, the Ichi Graves? Uh, When I was younger and wasn't fully aware of what was going on, I distinguished different associations with, uh, uh, I guess you'd say extraterrestrials, until later on when I had met my husband and was in the government. And uh, so to answer, it depends on how we want to perceive and use our filter. So we'll have to get into those details, Janet, because that's going to be pretty heavy, because I'd like to separate them by time and age filter and perceptions, because you know, I use T.J. Mars ET Radio as my channel. <laughs> so people, of course, will recognize me with the ET. And I want to get into that, folks. That's why I've separated alienology, cosmology, and ufology, and psyops. And so those are four categories I'd like to discuss and break down tonight. So that's why I've asked Janet, Carol Lesson, and Stephen Colburn to join me with their different perspectives and filters. And we have all these social media groups. So uh, we have many, many friends, thousands uh, on various groups in our Facebook social media. So everybody's invited, of course, but we're going to do our best tonight to separate these words because we've got different areas where I guess one should say that to many people that aren't into UFOs or aliens or cosmology or psyops, they blend them all together anyway, and they think we all wear tinfoil hats. So that's sort of a joke, especially Janet can get into some conversations about that. But it's just the fact that for so many years, it was not accepted, and there's many reasons for that, and we can get into that too. But most people that follow these four words, alienology, cosmology, ufology, and psyops, we also have another one called phenomenology. And well, and, and another one, pyramidology. 
So uh, normally, I, if I would have had room, I could have put uh, phenomenology and pyramidology because the ologies sort of go together. Alienology, cosmology, we usually put in pyramidology and phenomenology. Phenomenology, we, we do it by alphabet, we alphabet, alphabetize it. So we put phenomenology prior to pyramidology and then cosmology. But I wanted to get psyops in there, white, gray, and black, and how it's being used in today's what they call the no news, new news, misinformation, disinformation, and let's well, see, misinformation, disinformation, and information are the three Ds. And uh, I think what the President of the United States calls it's not news or it's fake news. And what is reported via the old ones, the old guys, were ABC, NBC, and CBS. But we're under news tonight in public. And so Janet Carolesson and Stephen Colburn, I'm going to try to do my best to uh, share some panel discussions on these words tonight. And then weekly, we will choose people or do panels. And then I've got Friday night tomorrow with Ken Johnston, astronaut. And we'll probably be we'll lean more towards engineers and astronauts and government personnel. Maybe even John Lear, I don't know, maybe uh, Bob Lazar, I don't know, people like that, uh, forming one thread of truth. And uh, I'd like to get into uh, some of the things that Bob has talked about. And I had one gentleman from MUFON recently call me as experiencer team and asked me if I'd been in Area 41, the Four Corners. I said, of course. So it gets very – it's not like you, we're all going to think because everybody can enter areas for different reasons. And I had different times in my life, in uniform, out of uniform, in a truck and out of a truck, uh, on the back of – uh, military equipment or in airplanes and so it's very it's it's like peeling away an onion on different words at different times in my life and there's military time and there's civilian time plus once you get inside the gates there's wage grade WGs there's GS and then there's in uniform there's commission non-commission and then we have our contractors and then we have all our civilian personnel through Office of Personnel Management. And this is just like where Janet's at in Hawaii, maybe, because that's where I was trained after I went through here in Florida, then uh, Chicago, and uh, then out of California. They, uh, well, there's I had offices as a civilian in California, Atlanta, Dallas, and New York for at least five years. And I had started those while I was still in the government. So it's very, very in-depth, and a lot of people don't understand the difference. So um, we're going to have to divide it up, all these words, and then how, whether we're talking in, in uniform, out of uniform, civilian, contractor. And I believe Janet was hired as a contractor. But now we've been over 25 years now, I think we've decided, and uh, when we did what. And Steve, we don't even know. Steve, you didn't have prior military. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, now we're going to discuss, uh, I guess, where we my, should my, start. My father, my father's been in the military for uh, a long time, but uh, I, I never was. So you were discussing that I would be this uh, first generation. So Janet, is it okay if we start? Uh, we've got words here, so I don't know if y'all want to get a piece of paper out or what, Janet. But 
We'll pass the baton, as Janet and I like to say, or pass the talking stick in our spiritual community. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to do is try to use what Janet and I have learned. And there's just three people here, thank God, tonight for right now. It's really hard to discuss more. So, Janet and uh, Steve, where do we want to start? Because we could say we're the first wave. I don't know, but uh, Steve and Janet. Steve, you mentioned something that I was first wave, and Dolores Cannon discusses various people in various millennium X and all of that, but she's deceased now. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to have to figure out how to talk about the various levels and the time that we've got on the earth so uh, Steve just mentioned to Janet, and then uh, we can sort of let you lead off, Steve, if you want to. Well, my, my information is that um, is that the first um, the first wave of um, what I call class two abductees <clears throat> that are genetically modified by the aliens uh, from bloodlines that they're interested in and um, trained and um, and um, uh, used as uh, uh, labor for their agenda. Uh, the first wave of them came out around um, the late 1950s, perhaps 1955 at the earliest. Um, and I was born in 1960, so um, you may be the the one generation ahead of me, if there is one. I, I'm, I thought I was the first generation, but perhaps not. Um, and uh, or, or perhaps uh, the first generation extends uh, further in time uh, back than I thought, but. Um, uh, there have been uh, several generations of experience or class two experiencers uh, since um, they were first uh, initiated. There's not enough grays to do what they want to do, and uh, they need um, to recruit people that are um, intelligent enough and um, have the abilities to um, help them in their agenda. Janet? Can I ask? Yeah. Um, I think that Dolores probably. I didn't read Dolores' book, but what I understand, she had the first wave. But it goes back even further when we, when uh, Neil Freer was alive and he died a few years back, and he was in his 80s. He had uh, been contacted, and same with uh, Ken Johnson. So the, Ken was in his 70s now, and, and uh, TJ and I are in our 60s. I came in and I had a lot of contact already uh, in '54. So. That may not be quite accurate. The, I don't know when she, Dolores is saying is the first wave, but I think it goes back forever <laughs> that people have been having contact. Oh, yeah. What, what, did she, when, what did she say was the first wave? I don't well, know. There, I didn't read the book. Yeah, she, everybody, first, well, there's first, second wave, but uh, it depends. She based it on her work, her research, and she has her own group in her own authorship and and, uh, her own convention and all of that over in Arkansas. But uh, I I believe that it was based on when she started doing research. And since Janet, when I came over in 94 from Hawaii, the first thing my GS-13 government husband did after we got our car, our Cadillac, over from Hawaii to California was take me to Dolores Cannon. Now that seems very odd to me does it to you guys because i didn't even know who she was and she wanted me to meet her daughter but don't you think that's strange of course my husband's deceased now three of my husbands that were in the government one was nasa 
Go ahead. Your Go husband ahead, may, be, may be the handler, been somebody that uh, that was sent by the government to watch you or or guide your path to where they wanted you to go. Well, yeah, he came to me while I was in uh, personnel information security for a clearance, and they brought me in after I'd already cleared uh, through another husband uh, in 87. And my first husband, I got cleared. Well, let me put it this way. See, this is why this is so complicated, folks. Even for me to talk about my husband, so they, it gets people confused. And now that it's 2019, I understand, now that I reflect on my reality, that very few people have lived the life I did, much less have that many husbands that were all in the government. <laughs> so, Steve, that's why you True. being new is very important. Janet knows some, but not all, and uh, because she's worked with me in radio. That's why I try to forget everything she knows, because she knows Tom's stories, but she doesn't know the guy I'm talking about stories. She doesn't know my NASA husband or the one I'm talking about now that you're calling my handler. And yes, there is some truth to that, because uh, with the first husband, I went to uh, a Broadway uh, movie called uh, Goldfinger, and he, he was in Houston. His name was Stephen Lee Parrish. And he and he had five scholarships, but we went with Stephen Lee Parrish. He and I, before we got married, we were approached by men in black. And I believe these were the people, the original people out of Germany. They may have been deep state, X-Files types. The reason is, after many years later, I saw X-Files. I went, that's the guys. They wore black suits and the one at the end of the... What happened is men, we were teenagers. I was 15 and he was 18. And they thought I was graduating, and they were so smart, but they I guess they thought we were, I was graduating because I'd been in May 67 in the newspaper with the spinnerets, so it gets relatively complicated. But basically, the, I was first approached, uh, well, if I go with Janet's story, if we go back to when we were children, I should even go back to that, Steve. And uh, when this experiencer team person just called me from MUFON, uh, to help me with my story, I, uh, he wants all this, and I'm like, okay, well, we're going to have to do this very delicately because it's very, very complicated. Janet and I have been doing radio shows for years and know that we were uh, invested in from those above or those from the heavens came or the skies came or the sky people or people, our other family. I called when I was young and being uh, – remembering in a field from my home and having an experience. So my first experience, I don't know if you would call an abduction or not, Steve. So this is why alien hunters and the alien, I haven't done a lot of stuff with the alien contact group or the alien uh, hunters group, and we're separating alien contact and ETs separate because they're treated separately. But my family, so Janet and I, We'll hopefully write our book, and we'll compare these uh, the linear timeline. But Janet and I had uh, experiences like roughly everybody does, four to five. And then I died in the second grade, so I left my body and saw angels. And then the, the next year, I went over to Carl's uh, Bad Caverns in White Sands and visited my uncles that worked at Los Alamos. But back with the first husband, back to 67 and seeing Goldfinger, and they asked me and my husband, Later on, it's teenagers if we wanted to work for them. And then again, when I had my company, 
assured confidential investigative reports, ACR in 78. They came and visited after my partner was James E. Posey with investigative services. He hired me out of University of Alabama. So while I was going to college, I'd already been in law enforcement and uh, Texas Penal Code and psychology in Al- Alvin College. Now, listen to this, Janet. Back before uh, I started uh, my investigative services with James E. Posey and Assured Confidential Investigative Reports, I was at Alvin Community College where I had my children. I had joined May 10th, the Latter-day Saints, the Mormons. But when I was going to college there, Janet, I knew I was going to Hawaii, and which I wound up doing it. Now, I was just a teenager. And I got to Hawaii. A girl came and from Hawaii and taught while I was in law enforcement. And after I got out of psychology and law enforcement one evening, uh, she had the uh, an area and had her little skirt on to teach dancing. And I politely heard myself say, and I want to get into this with you guys, especially Steve, and, of course, Janet does counseling. But the thing is, I... I am coming forth in ways of sharing information that I personally am observing with inside myself and the various levels of me and the various levels of education I've had. But because Janet, she had a room, you know, like a little rec center or something or at the end of the hall. It was a bigger room, mm-hmm. like a classroom with no chairs in it. So I, I don't know if they used it for tumbling or or PE or whatever, but I saw her and I I, I left, everybody left, and me and the, uh, the law enforcement officer that taught the class, he had a master's, I guess, in law enforcement. He and I would usually stay, of course, I made straight A's, but he and I would usually talk shop because I wore a uniform and worked in police. Uh, I worked at Pearland Police Department dispatching. And, you know, that's the big machine, you know, where the, uh, you know, the phone system, okay, dispatch, right? Mm-hmm. Before, mm-hmm. But, and so uh, they weren't uh, government yet. They weren't civil service when I was there. So they were just within that time frame, within that two-year period I was there, they started the, uh, they were going to go to civil service test. That was a big deal. So we were talking about that. But I, uh, for some reason, I was drawn down there. And then I, I walked in. Opened the door and there was the girl. And fortunately, they were we were just letting out, so they hadn't started yet. But I saw some you know girls coming to ask her, and she said, "No, you don't get credit for this. It's extracurricular or something." And I think she charged for it. But uh, I told her, I said, "Well, I'm going to be going to Hawaii," and uh, I don't. And she said, oh, "When?" I said, "I don't know, but I know that I'm going to be going to Hawaii, and I'll be teaching there." And and uh, I don't even know, but I remember hearing myself say that. Now, this is after I'd gone to White Sands and Los Alamos and already met some ET UFO people there, too. So my entire life has been with an extraterrestrial family and guided, and then knowing things before they happen is a big part of this, Steve. So I want to get into that with the ACO Invisible College. But I'm not sure how to do this, folks. This is my first professional night. Just said before we go further down. Uh, yes, Steve, let's take your time. I'll speak to you out. I wish I probably did it with you. Say that again, please. I didn't hear you. If the government knows you're psychic and they have ways to find out uh, these things, um, then they will seek you out for uh, membership in various organizations, which uh, I'm sure they've done with uh, TJ. Right, and and they know who's psychic. 
because they they can tell yes, our DNA. Yeah. I think they do. And, they, they either use other other psychics to find out, or they have some sort of machine, some psionic machine that uh, can pinpoint uh, people with high psychic ability. Yeah, they can track everything on a planet. They can tell you how many tigers and how many whales, and and they can track certain soul signatures, certain signatures of DNA. And they're looking for the metagene. The metagene is a very uh, the psychic gene, but it's also um, you know other abilities. So the the people with the metagene. If they can track DNA, then then you're saying they have a, a machine similar to um, Cerebro on the X Men. Is that right? I haven't watched the X-Men, but it's like um, Star Trek where they, when they came into a planet, they could scan for life, but it's much more detailed right. than that. They can scan for specific life and for specific people. So they know where everybody is all the time. And so what yeah. they tend, and this is from all my interviews and, and uh, my research, they, they look for the people. I, I believe, I believe that. I just wanted whatever tells you. Yeah? Um, uh, yeah? Say that again? Go ahead. I believe that. that. I, I just wanted. I just wanted whatever details you knew. Okay, so let me just finish this thread. So, um, and then they they assign people handlers. So what I've uncovered is that my mother was my handler. Now sometimes the handler knows they're a handler, and sometimes they don't. And often the handlers are being handled because they're handling everybody and everything and all the information. And so they use humans to handle, but they handle certain humans. So the human, like the mother might handle all of her children, right, or the, the right. husband. or, And they arrange marriages. So what I've uncovered is that yes. many generations put together yeah. so that the bloodlines would be together. They want certain bloodlines together so they procreate and make children. And then sometimes right. they intervene. And they uh, they intervene in the in the sperm level. They can they can mix things and put them into wounds. They can put uh, a different uh, DNA per child in the same womb with another child. So they're twins, right? And they and they come out and they're not even compatible with each other. Or one's inside the uterus and one's outside. They have these weird births. So it's really far more extensive than we could ever have imagined. But TJ, you're you they you are highly prized, so they have been <laughs> tracking you all along and they started by they they work on the attraction level. What do they call that when love bite, the love bite. You find yourself falling madly in love and, and hot and passionate for them sexually right. and you can't control yourself. They love bite people all the time. And so well, they've done that with then me. They that's got behavioral epigenetics. My last marriage. Yeah, behavioral so, epigenetics so, is that field of study. So have right they, have that, they done that with you? Yeah. It's effective neuroscience. Yes. Uh, that's why I think I kept marrying a military man. <laughs> well, well, that's that, right. NASA, well, I mean, NASA kind of and then government. They've done it with you. I'd, I'd wondered, I wondered if they'd done it with Janet as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I I've had, I I sometimes I can ask questions and I get the answer. So when I was very young, I got sexually active like at thirteen, yeah, and part of me was like raised Christian. It's like I don't want to be having all this sex because I remember when I was about eleven or twelve, I said to myself, I'm not going to have sex until I'm at least seventeen or eighteen, and there I was uh, around all these sexy people who were older than me, and it's like, so it was like uh, peer influence, but. Uh, at one point I said, what is this? And then they said, well, 
we can uh, take the DNA from in your vagina, basically, and use it to mix with other people. So they wanted me to have sex with certain people, even if they, you know, wasn't orgasming. Um, they would get the, the genetic material just from that interaction with me and uh, diversify. Wow. So they wanted to diversify my genetics. And they go, why my genetics? Well, I'm um, I'm related to the royals. I'm I'm what you call the bastard line. Now, who are the royals? So we can get to that question. Oh, the you, you do? Well, I, I found, I found that I'm, I'm related to three kings of England and Charlemagne on my mom's side. Yeah. Well, me too. I'm related to Winston Churchill and... Um, okay, so that is, that is the general rule. Uh, uh, people have either royals or a lot of military people in their families. Mm-hmm. Great, great. That are, that are well, that explains I, I when that I went I'm... to England, I had a Viscount meet me, and then I think the uh, Windsors or something like that. So there is some type of royal blood, even though we're the poor side of the family, right, even when we come to America, when right. they came to America. But apparently all this is important, the genetics. So we need to make a note of that, everybody that's going to hear us on YouTube. Hopefully this will be important someday as we archive historical research. And we do recognize that there are many people that are scientists. We work with the STEM program, Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math. But we also work with the psyops and the psychology of all this and epigenetic psychology. And we'll be having uh, our pastor on later and possibly uh, Augie Nost. Is that how you say it? Augie Nost, yes, uh, on Augie, okay. Well, Augie deals with uh, a lot of the universal level of psychology and epigenetics. And uh, that's the one I told you with the television graphics guy in Florida. There's so many people that work with us, folks, that Janet and I can't possibly know all of them unless we've crossed them and had them on this radio show, just so you know. But uh, there's so many people in our field of study. It's not as... uh, it's global. It's just global. And so uh, alienology encompasses a lot of people, and in, uh, in, in, in alienology includes brilliant people as well. Go ahead. Jim. Can I ask a question? Well, before we get too far off of what we were talking about, so, we, okay. so we've all had genetic connections. Now, I wanted to add another level and see the well, and TJ. Probably all class two duckies are related, I would think. On some level. Mm-hmm. Now I've even been uh, made aware of my past lives, and the same pattern is it falls into that. So uh, mm-hmm. I have you know various memories of interacting with royals, having children by royals. I had uh, one one lifetime. I had uh, two bastard children um, by uh, what was his name. Um, uh, Queen Elizabeth the first, her lover. Oh, uh, Max Dudley. No, yeah. Dudley. Dudley. Sir Robert Dudley. So I well, now you're talking about Dudley. reincarnation, right? So you have right. to define so that as a separate down subject. Down reincarnation. So, so Steve, write that down. Money. Right. So I get the doubt. I've always wondered, if, wondered if it's really reincarnation or, or whether people are just getting telepathic messages from the past. I mean, I think that's possible. Telepathy not only can uh, span the universe in distance, but well, it now, can also go through yeah. time as well. Well, put that under ERACOP. I have a whole group of people under that. So that's Education Research Association. 
Community Online so, Press, Erica, in Psychology, Epigenetics, and Reincarnation. Okay. Yeah, and to and to the Telomeres, Living Longer in Space. Go ahead, Janet. What I wanted to add to that before we forget. Okay, now okay. I forgot what you just said. What did you say, Steve? Oh, uh, uh, the theories. Okay. Uh, in our DNA, we get the stories of our ancestors as well. So you might have yeah, a, a sure. DNA of an ancestor that was burned in the, um, you know, the, the, the gas in the chambers, right? So you'll have their 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 memory in your cells. There's a lot of people studying this. Gene expression. Maps. Yeah, cell divisions. Yeah. Well, and gene she's expression. talking about actual 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 uh, DNA stored memories. That's that's certainly a possibility. DNA sequencing. Um, yes, epigenetics. Proven yet? But I, I, I think I think that I uh, think that, that is a high probability. Um, right. So we don't but, actually know uh, if they're past life of a person or you're. Uh, we're so connected on a higher level, and we're fractals of of the one. Right. So we get these stories that come through. But it's interesting to notice which stories do you access, and they feel personal, and they feel relevant to your current existence. And so if you come down into a soul level, into a spiritual level, into a, a feeling level, it's like, why do I so strongly identify with so-and-so in the past? That's your, you get your guiding myth, you get your archetypal story, and those things motivate your lives and, and help you move beyond the normal into the extraordinary, and that's where you can accomplish things. If you're in the, the mundane well, and the normal, you go through until you die. But when you get into the really archetypal Based uh-huh. memories, and I would think that I would think that the more emotional ones that uh, that really had a lot of um, influence on that person's life would be the ones that uh, would be most likely written down that way. And if somebody takes the time to write it down, a lot of times you're fleeing from one side of the planet to the other, and the story doesn't right. get written. Tomorrow, and we didn't start yeah. writing things down until later. Uh, we did for millions and well billions of years but we'll say for the sake of the planet millions of years for here in the seventh root race coming or going yeah, but the two main stuff. components we write it down at some point. <laughs> well samaria we only found sumer uh writing in the fire clay tablets but we go back to the anunnaki at one level and anu and off planet and prior to that, uh, out of the solar system. And that's where we get into the Allied Command prior to that. There was many, many races besides the Anunnaki in, in chasing gold here. So we have to get into the history that's left on the planet. So that's going to be early ancient culture's origin. And uh, various people are discussing that now at the same time that we're bringing out Bob Lazar and the Greys and uh, various levels of uh, alienology. So we need to make sure that we discuss reincarnation, psychology, epigenetics, and all that entails because we have plenty of doctors and a lot of people that are interested in that. Plus, uh, I was just going to say plus I, and then I'll let you talk. Plus, uh, I do in my tarot card readings when I'm using my psychic abilities. I also uh, tap into the overall universal life source and can usually do the past lives. And a lot of people think it's BS. But so what if our DNA sequencing and the reason some of us feel extraterrestrial is because we have these gifts? Now, go ahead, Steve. And what were you? We trigger each other, folks. Oh, so 
That's what's happening. We trigger our mind, and we want to say it real quick, all three of us. But go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, 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 it, it is triggering, and uh, sometimes it's important to say things before you forget um, or go on to something else. But, um, um, yeah, I think that um, that um, it's very um, it's very interesting that uh, all this stuff's interconnected. It seems to be interconnected, and um, uh, we all have to be discussed together. But at the same time, I personally have... Um, not wanting to go there as far as the past life stuff is it um, introduces a, another level of complexity to, to an already complex and um, subject and one that there's not a lot of evidence for compared to um, those things that mainstream scientists want to want to cover. But. Exactly, and I've done the same well, thing, and it's taken years to be able to deal with a lot of things that I didn't want to deal with, but yet it kept coming up in science and parapsychology and metaphysics and cosmology. They were crossing over, but that's our role. I do believe, uh, genetically speaking, uh, in the Human Genome Project that my daughter and I are part of, the Human Genome Project, many of you are out there. Janet, did you want to say something about that? Yes, I did. (laughs) So in hypnotherapy, when we find someone that has abduction stories, they often go into their past lives where they were interacting with the same aliens. So there's a connection. <laughs> and that's happened dozens and dozens of times. It's like, oh, well, it wasn't limited to now. They knew me coming in. They knew me before. I interacted with them when I was in Egypt. They interacted with them when I was, so uh, you know, it just goes back and on and on. It is very complex. It can blow your mind. It can hurt your mind. It's so complex. But if you just unpack it and deconstruct it and look at the pieces, it's often razors, and it's like it's so logical. They're following now, the lines like the ages. Do you feel like your whole life was an experiment, like you've been manipulated all your life? No, I'm always a chooser. Even if it's an experiment, I chose to come down and be part hmm. of the experiment because it's a grand experiment for all of creation. We're here accelerating consciousness for everybody and everything, we're the end result of a grand experiment of all this DNA from all these different species. They've been interacting with Earth and other planets since the dawn of time. We don't own our DNA. The DNA belongs to the, co- because it belongs to the cosmos, to these people that are uh, combining things. It's like the, the colors in, in a, on a palette, you know, and they keep combining it in different ways. And they, they wanted to create a species that would connect us um, would allow us to connect all the way to source from the lowest density in physical 3D form, in our meat skins, in our avatars. So humanity, human beings, seem to be the species that encompasses uh, all the dimensions and all the realms. So we can be bringing heaven to earth literally in our form, and we can travel the cosmos. A lot of the beings have to have machines to fly in the cosmos, but human beings can actually actually project throughout the cosmos. Yeah, we have, we have remote viewing so abilities. That, that, that's why the greys um, value us, or a big part of why the greys value us, because we have that ability and they did not have that. And I, I felt right. uh, the way you're describing um, sometimes, but <laughs> most often I feel like I've been drafted into a um, very high-tech foreign military. Well, well some that's people, now we need to... Notice how you feel. Yeah, I mean, some people yeah. feel that it wasn't your choice, and some people, I feel that I volunteered, you know, three ways to volunteer. I'm a volunteer, 
I came in here. I agreed to go unconscious because if I knew everything, then I wouldn't be able to co-create with source, right? You have to go unconscious in order to diversify creation. So that was important. Um, but go ahead, TJ. I'm sorry I interrupted. Go ahead. Well, I agree but with I both of you because I have periods in my life where I knew who I was. I was in Russia prior to this one of my lives here. But I wrote, just so you know, Steve, in in, in uh, honor of this day today, I wrote Atlantis Oracle and had uh, Scott Huckabee, which Janet met, and then he went to Hawaii, mm-hmm. a guitar player, which is really strange. She sang with him. And he came and I uh, paid him $100 that day. It's usually about 25 an hour for a, a musician minimum, uh, at least on around the East Coast and stuff, because they have a union, too. Some of them have to make 50 to $100 an hour, so it depends on if they're the union or not. But I had to pay a lot of dues. It was very, very expensive by the end, folks, <laughs> just to do some music. But we were original writers, and I took my book uh, from Ascension Center, Why Ascension and Psychic Awakening, and I had some of my past lives uh, that were recorded back in the day uh, before we had computers. We had typewriters. So uh, one of my secretaries at that time, uh, what was her name? She was out of Laughlin, Nevada, of all places. Uh, Sherry, I think her name was. I can't remember now. I've had so many secretaries. But this one uh, worked with me in Hawaii, and she typed it up for me. And so those past lives became important to me because of my a spiritual path in Hawaii, but yes to both of you, because sometimes in this life when I was a teenager and I was psychically uh, connected to my the boy, the boyfriend that worked at NASA, okay, we got pregnant with Angela, got our Volkswagen bus, and he went to work at NASA instead of going away to University of Texas with his military, with his uh well, it's sort of complicated there, too, because we went to the movie. Remember, I've already said that. Goldfinger, the men in black came out, but he had five scholarships. He hadn't made his choice yet. One of them was UT, University of Texas. He had five scholarships, folks. He was a brilliant uh, trumpet player. But as the government would have it, they he was on RE1. And back in the day and during the Vietnam police action, we called it Vietnam War, this was the year of 1967 when he graduated, and a lot of our friends were killed because of the Vietnam War. So he had to go down and get what we called butt naked <laughs> and uh, wait at the uh, MEPS, uh, and that was the uh, enlisted programming. And uh, that scared the crap out of him because, uh, like I said, we had some friends that were already killed the year before in the war. So. He didn't want to go to war, and a lot of boys didn't. I was uh, gung-ho, wanted to go, but I was a woman, and they wouldn't let me, and I wasn't old enough yet. My parents would have to sign. I don't know. I think I was a male in the past, so that has something to do with some of my past lives, being a strong male, including Thoth and Trismegistus, some people say, because I have memories of that that I got in Hawaii. But... I didn't know that until I went to Hawaii and got on my spiritual path and had a nurse, uh, RN, take me back in, uh, on my birthday with Dr. Laura Sturgis. And I lived in a big fancy mansion. <laughs> and a lot of people came to my birthday from Germany and Norway and people I didn't know. But certain There was like 50 people from around the world that were invited to celebrate my birthday. 
and the Moon Goddess song. I remember that. So I strongly believe we're all connected and that these deep state and these rich people that I'm not a part of because when I traveled the world, somebody paid my tab. Even when I came in from Hawaii to Chicago for some things, my tab was picked up. I never understood it was like I was always taken care of. Janet, I've talked to you about that before. But what I'm saying mm-hmm. is these past lives, That there's some things that I would like to do in this invisible college and the men in black and women in black and the various government people that come and visit you uh, when you start doing this. But um, I tried to do this, folks, years ago and uh, – with Barry Gaunt in the MUFON, Mutual UFO Network. And all of a sudden, he became a star investigator just because I went to like one meeting. And Robert Bigelow, I remember Janet Bigelow in aerospace? All of a sudden, mm-hmm. uh, Bigelow was wanting to know this our, and bought up our files. And uh, and I was never allowed to work with MUFON or be a, anything to do with this thing, UFO or alien, or I'd get fired in my job as an investigator later on in life. So Barry Gaunt, I gave him a copy anyway of my book called uh, The Ascension Center Psychic Awakening Classes. But uh, he had men in black visit him, come to the door, man and woman, I believe. He can tell his own story. I'll have to get him on here. And black helicopters. And uh, we, we, I told him, never mind, go work on uh, – I told him to go work. He said, yeah, I remember that place or something down by the – I had been down there and, and saw dead people in a, in a horse. <laughs> it was during doing with the war, civil war, and I asked him to go help those men. I told him they needed help, and I think he's still working with them. The Octagon House, somewhere between Kentucky and Tennessee, I believe it's Lower Tennessee. You, know, you just lost Our, me. Where, you okay, Barry Gaunt. He got lost with the horses. Okay, well, it's Octagon House has. Okay, Barry Gaunt was the MUFON director with Earl Benezet when you came back into my life in 2008, way before we did the radio show in 2012. This, back in the day, do you remember? No, I don't. I remember. I heard the name. You used to talk to me. You're used to, yes. So you're introducing your charms and people, so you have to identify who they are because I'm getting lost and I know your story. So I apologize. MUFON person. Uh, yes, what, Barry what Gaunt. What were we talking about before we got to Barry Gaunt? He is, a, he is a contactee. He is a contactee. Okay. Yeah, this is going to be very complicated, folks. And you, we, uh, It says Augie uh, Nosta told me that we could talk about anything and everything because universally, once we trigger each other and we remember something, we want to get it on the record. And we've only got less than an hour now, believe it or not. It went by really fast. So... Uh, this is very interesting how this is going to be weekly. The ACO Invisible College, and we're trying to get uh, 3D dimensional well, what was our topic biological we down. Got, uh, we, we got off. I, we went I'm, off I'm on reincarnation. Lost. I think we need a, talk, a, a topic. And then Alienology is the first topic. topic. Alienology is the first right topic on the thread. We haven't got to cosmology. I want to jump into Allied Command, but we're trying to document okay. what we've. I don't know, really. Steve, are you following any of this? <laughs> I lost yeah, I'm, you. I lost you. <laughs> Where are I'm listening. How 
so we ask <laughs> a right, question, and all three of us answer, and then ask another question, and all three of us answer. Because I get okay. lost. If we have one person talking too long. There's only three of us. Oh, out there. Okay. Okay. So let's explain this. Let's explain, Janet. <laughs> Janet, but real quickly, let's mention that you and I have been doing this for years and years and years on the planet yes. before Steve came in. So the trick was to get Steve, or at least anybody else, but we never can. We've tried the third party many, many, many times over many years, and we can't get anybody to stick, Steve. And Tommy Hawksblood got off on the dark and the dark ops, and we couldn't. But anyway, he's helping another friend of mine in UK, Tina Bird, that's been with Zachariah Sitchin or Eric Von Donneken, Eric Von Donneken, a lot of other people. So uh, we're trying to do this right, folks, I swear. So Steve is just going to try to help us. But alienology, cosmology, ufology, and psyops tonight. So alienology, and now we're trying to document. But Janet and I were – it's interesting. We fell out of uh, – from Hawaii, we didn't know that we knew each other until Earl Benezet and Barry Gaunt came along, Janet. And you called Kentucky right. one time, director, because it turned to a female after they left, and I was missing, or ta- Tom was missing. So this goes way back, and then it comes back around to the radio show. But, Janet, this is very in-depth. That's why it's important that we get, like you said, tell whose names, because uh, Earl got fired right. so when you, when over you, all this. When you use a new name... But I, let's go back a little bit in the show. That was the <laughs> What were we talking about before we got into all the names? Because let's, um, I get lost when we did. Well, when you'll be able to listen on YouTube. Before. Earl Bonazza okay, was so the MUFON director for Kentucky. Right. So He's what's the, the one that puts you and me back together. Because he right, was like a handler yeah. for you and me. He put you and me back what's together. Opinion, what's the opinion of Mupon? I mean, do you, do you think that they're um, that they're an, air, an arm of the Air Force? I've always thought so. Uh, Mufon, no. Mufon was Mutual UFO Network that was started after the uh, a gentleman started that out, I know they, out of Wisconsin. I know, they, I know they take they take Air Force money, or they have been lately. Uh, that's lately. No, they as far as the government infiltration and all that. Uh, they had a board of directors, but it was originally started out of Wisconsin, and you can look it up on M-U-F-O-N, Mutual UFO Network, all right? But you need to look at the history. We had government uh, organizations before Blue Book, okay? And then we had organizations that were outside of the government before MUFON in Wisconsin, a couple – out of Wisconsin. Were, I think they were legit back then, but I mean, uh, when James Carrion says that um, that um, there's no evidence for UFOs, or he said uh, a bunch of uh, stuff that indicated that he didn't even believe in UFOs, that's kind of problematic for an organization like that. And um, I know that um, one of the more recent um, uh, MUFON uh, members tried to discredit my work, which, you know, so I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, looking at Mufon with a jaundiced eye these days. Well, James Carrion left. Uh, he was the leader. Explains why he resigned. Uh, he did something back in 2017. Uh, so let's separate all organizations prior to our own. Prior to 
UFO Association because we're not written up in Wikipedia yet. <laughs> but you mentioned James Carrion. Did you know him? Because yeah. he's a friend of mine on Facebook. I don't know. I, don't, right. I, I saw him, on, I saw him, him. On, on stage one time, but I don't know him. But um, uh, one of the more recent uh, Nippon uh, directors tried to discredit my work, which was totally um, uh, uncalled for. Um, I've got the, the most integrity of anybody I know. And... Um, they, it's uh, through their filters. Well, what happens yeah, I, I, is I, I, they I, want to do nuts and bolts. Oh, did they think you worked for the government? Because they this is uh, inner. I definitely don't work. I definitely don't work for the government, but I think they are. Okay, I don't work for the government either. Just in case anybody's asking, but you know, we've all had to have jobs or thought we were doing for the greater good at one time or another. But that doesn't. That's not neither. It should not be neither good nor bad, depending on our training, because a lot of it is because we were ET involved anyway. Is what I think, and I think that we're coming together. And Mutual UFO Network, when James Carrion, and he left, Earl Benezet was fired. Now, I don't know if James Carrion fired him or the board of directors fired him. So, Janet, write down James Carrion and Earl Benezet. That's James C-A-R-R-I-O-N. And you can look him up, folks. Now, Mutual UFO Network and the group before, and then, of course, we've got ARPA and DARPA is the government side. And before that was when the CIA started, and before that, uh, in World War II, and we had 43, and we had the Social Security cards when we become numbers. This is very, I told you all, that was going to be very in-depth. But uh, the couple that started in Wisconsin uh, that's very important. And then uh, Bruce Maccabee, and then uh, Daryl Sims, Nick Pope, and all of them in Japan, those all come much later after J. Allen Hynek. But the J. Allen Hynek story in the Blue Book is running now on the History Channel, I believe, a series. I can't get it, even though I pay 145 a month for uh, Mediacom and all that. I can't get it, so I can't follow it, but I'll hopefully see it later so there's a history so janet do you want to call that the nuts and bolts but on the ufo or alienology it's all part of alienology but it's also part of cosmology and ufology and psyops when you say government so steve why don't you look up yeah. wikipedia psyops can you get on a computer because you're not familiar um, I'm with it i'm in the backyard right now i'm, I'm, I'm not oh. on the computer but yeah I'm, okay. I just want to have a discussion about this stuff instead of categorizing stuff. I just want to say All right. Well, I'm uh, picking up a lot of, we're running out uh, of time. Yeah. static. Well, we're going to do this weekly. So write, y'all write it down, but you'll be able to hear it. And I like to go back to YouTube and listen to it on the television. Does anybody else hear the static, or is it just me? Yeah, I hear it. It's not real loud here, but I hear it. That's interesting. All right. Janet, all right, so under alienology, Janet, I just muted. everything. Did that, did that help? When I just yeah, muted, muted, yeah. did that help? Yeah, it did. Yes. Okay, it, Hawaii always has the worst. It might be my fan because it's hot. I it sounds like fan. electrical snow interference. Yeah, it's And I do fan. get that a lot it's out hot. of Janet in Hawaii. Okay, all right, so, I'm going to turn off my right. fans, and I'll be right back. So I've got mine off. So I turn off my fans. Okay. Okay. I'll be all right back. All right. Steve, what it yeah. is is I need your, your assistance, and you brought up James Carrion, which was interesting. So I've dropped Barry Gaunt and Earl Bonezza. They were the Kentucky 
director and assistant director of that particular state under Mutual UFO Network. So apparently you – now, see, I've never been to any conferences or any UFO anything except a couple of meetings with MUFON at a library, and maybe two. And, and Earl showed up one. So I met Earl and Barry, and then everybody got fired when I got involved. It was really kinky. <laughs> And my name was dropped and used by very important people, and uh, it was on UFO Digest, and folks, that is documented. My name was used in vain by somebody, and I saw it in writing, and people were calling me saying, I had, they said I had teamed up or something with them, and I had no clue who these people were. But my name got to be relatively very powerful very quickly, and uh, and with the Bigelow, the star team, Barry Gaunt, Earl Benezet, James Carrion, and then Captain McDonald that came in and took James' place, right? So were you involved during that time? Because that was back in 2007, I believe. I've, I've, never, I've never been involved with MUFON. I've never trusted them. Um, Jan Harzan was the one that tried to discredit my work. Um, he, um, really? I, when I gave him a report on uh, the San Augustine crash debris, um, he... Um, uh, went to someone named Phyllis, uh, Phyllis Lafley, I think, some, some, some chemist that they uh, associate with, and um, and she did an analysis that was not nearly as in-depth as my own, and uh, then they said that uh, because hers didn't agree with mine, that um, mine was just thrown out the window and, um, and invalid, and um, they uh, were trying to have the last word and just bury my, uh, my report. And I, I, oh, that's not right. You can have I, various I, opinions. If you know what I mean, yeah, on, I thought, on I thought physical that was, chemistry, uh, that was un- un- unscientific and un- unfounded, and uh, it really well, he was prior IBM. Mupon was not to be trusted. I understand. But, so that was uh, well, yeah. They could have various chemistry reports, and you realize that, right? You preferably have three, not one, sure. and then compare. Sure. Uh, it's it's preferable, but it's very expensive to have physical chemistry. The average person makes seventy two thousand a year if you work for somebody else, right? For a physical chemist, okay. so you know you're lucky because uh, the government's sixty five thousand, sixty five k a, a year, folks, is like the basic generic analyst. I guess just five to twelve if you're lucky, you make half of that. But if you're just you know in intelligence, but chemistry. That's like right up there with truck drivers. We make fifty to seventy thousand a year. I don't know what they make these days. I'm out of date by twenty years, but we're talking two thousand seven, right? Is oh, you said uh, you, was, you was, met this, him. This, this was what, this you, was around uh, twenty ten. Really? So James Carrion was still around, but he had already been no, fired. I never, I, I never met I never met John Harzan, but I talked to him on the phone once, but. Um, uh, he was well, did he seem intelligent? Yes, he seems intelligent. Um, I think he's. Um, my personal opinion is that he's uh, working for the Air Force. I've, Dr. Lear told me that he's uh, that he was taking Air Force money and um, that they were using MUFON as a way to um, gather physical evidence from across the country. People send uh, samples to MUFON all the time, and they they send them on to the Air Force Office of Special Investigation and. Um, Ah, uh, that explains uh, Richard Doty. Nothing special. <laughs> All right, well, um, Richard Doty gets paid through uh, working through uh, 
from his words to my to my phone anyway, and it was Richard Doty, but he explained some things. And yes, it seems to be a pecking order based on if you're a consultant in the UFO field. So a lot of it is about contractual work to get paid in the movie industry, television, documentaries, ancient aliens. And that's what I understood was being taken over back when I just came 2007 and 8. I was writing it was going to be a huge industry in 2007, putting it in writing. And well, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not into all that. I'm, in, I'm into what the evidence says. And um, right. uh, he was obviously right. trying to bury, bury any um, uh, evidence that I, um, that I put out there because um, uh, it was uh, a more sophisticated analysis than they were able to provide. Um, oh, I'd like I'd to send that to that me. Was, that, was, that I had access to at that time. Um, yeah, certainly I could send it to you. All right. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, with UFO Association, Association, Alien, uh, and our Alien Hunters Organization, and then we have ACO Association. So, acoassociation.com, and then we have alienhunters.org. And then we have UFOassociation.org. But, Steve, I believe you said you'd be honored to help us with all all of them. But, you know, some of them, yeah. Janet, we, we're going to have to have – we've back. got these people. All right, we have I'm these back. people, Art Greenfield, uh, Norio Hawakawa, Richard Doty. A lot of them don't get along in the business. And maybe it's what uh, Steve is, is referring to. Allegedly, purportedly, I don't know how we want to say it, but because uh, this is news and we're being recorded here, plus, uh, like I said, there's definitely government filled, agents, the government agents and planet all, all of these uh, UFO organizations, um, and um, in my opinion, Mr. Harzan is one of them, and um, I can name well, he a few was more prior names to that right here, but I'm well, sorry. he had an experience when he was a, a young man. Jan had an experience, or he went on I record. I don't, I don't doubt, I don't doubt that. But just because you're an experiencer doesn't mean you can't uh, work for the government to cover it up as well. Right. No. Yeah, and this conversation, could you go back mm-hmm. and? Uh, so I'm on uh, track. I'm sorry, I had to turn off. It's first of all, the noise reduced. I turned off all the fans. It should okay. be yes. reduced. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. So anyway, um, so I missed out. Uh, what was going on? I think you were talking about the people like MUFON and other groups that might yes. be infiltrated, and they they're doing this information. Yeah, we don't know who's who's what, who's anything. Uh, I mean, everything can be infiltrated. They, they they're that big. They're that big that they infiltrate MUFON, every MUFON, aspect MUFON of MUFON is life. like a piece of Swiss cheese as far as infiltration is concerned. Every other member is, uh, in my opinion, somebody that's reporting to the government. I mean, I've seen it. Right. I've seen and it for myself at MUFON meetings. Uh, I mm-hmm. can spot government agents a mile away. I mean, I'm somewhat psychic too, and um, uh, they're 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 very infiltrated, in my opinion. Yeah. So I think that you know between everything being recorded, everything being monitored, tracked, and all the technologies that we can't begin to imagine, plus the individuals, it, there's very little room for any kind of individual freedom or expression. I mean, we can do the best we can, but I can't go through life paranoid. They might kill me and they might take me out, but at least I will live 
something. I live part of my life. If I walk through life in fear, I'll never do anything. I'll just sit here under my blanket, you know. Well, I've never been scared of of the government. I was always pro-government because they paid the bills, and I enjoyed the research, and they never, I mean, other than, you know, going out for boot camp, things like that, but the thing is, uh, we all have various hats we wear, and we put them on and we take them off. So some people could be in the military and still be interested in alienology and ufology, and I've seen that recently. I posted a UFO video of a gentleman in uniform uh, reporting to his friends in a military environment. And it's very obvious because you can't have those well, double bags in the uniforms. Pro, pro-government. I would love to be pro-government in this field because they do a lot of um... – studies on this uh, this subject for obvious reasons, national security reasons, but um, uh, they also try to keep all this information from the public, and um, it's difficult to be in favor of that if, uh, if you're in, in an amateur uh, uh, standing like we are. Well, right, and that's why we have to also, so I don't know where you want to put this, but we're going to have to discuss uh, the levels in PSYOPs and clearances and classifications and levels of clearances and, uh, you know, above crypto and the various levels, 33, 38, whatever, depends on who you ask and the names that you assign different things above that. But when you go into a military base, you get the basics, a national agency check, confidential secret or top secret in crypto and they call Q clearance. Government contractors have different clearances from those in the uniforms usually and they work with a need to know basis. It's all based on after we had a lot of trouble in our government and uh, outside our government after World War II with national security because we were infiltrated by spies. And uh, my husband and I, working for President Ronald Reagan, learned about a lot of history that you have to learn firsthand in Europe as to how the underground French connection in Germany, and uh, it goes back to Hitler and all that stuff. They all worked together, and they all worked against each other. But remember, American contractors, Ford was building things for Hitler. And we were making jobs in America, but we were funding basically both sides of the government or both sides of the war, whether it was communism or capitalism. <laughs> so, still and most of the world day, knows that. It's right. So well, I know that. Well I don't know. It's an yeah. artificial division. You get arguing about the different individual characters in the play, you know, Hillary, or Trump, or Obama, Bush, but they're all in the same team. Those are false flags. Arguing. That's yeah, right, and I've been in many. Teams there. Go ahead, say it again, uh, Steve. I do, I, do, I do believe that I do believe that Obama and Hillary are on the same team, but um, I don't. I, the deep well, when you get to the, the top of it, they're all they're all in the. That's why they're so against them. No, that's that's the polarity game they're creating, and that divides and conquers, and it's going to lead us to World War III and uh, civil war. No, that's the artificial. Anybody who's in the billionaires club or the multimillionaires club, they're they're in this Illuminati. Follow the bloodline, dear. They're all connected. They're all related, and they're all part of the same well, group. Well, I, 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 I hope you're that's wrong. I very much fear that if you're right, then all is lost. Well, no, no, you got to go outside of the game. Once you get outside of that game, you realize they're doing the polarity game. Okay, that's where you break the, you know, it's Orwellian's 1984. Orwell said we're going to have three continuous so-called um, uh, separate political 
oh, arenas, right? They called it, I forget what, what it was, but they're, they're supposed to be countries. But all that is fake. It's, that's the fake thing, that there's this clarity, that there's different countries, that there are different religions. It's all one at the top, and the divisions were created, and it goes back to Nanar, the, um, the Anunnaki, who said, how can we control this population? There were only about a 1,000 Anunnaki, and there were billions of humans going on billions, and so how do we do it? Well, we divide and conquer, we create separation, keep creating separation, you know, and, and it's just fighting, and we're so distracted, we're just pawns in their chess game. It's why they create chess, we are all pawns, and, and ultimately, and this, uh, a lot of this goes back to like Joanne Richards, all these people coming forth, they go, oh no, they have these big meetings, and they're all together, and they're all sharing, and they're laughing at humanity, because it's the rich against force, it's these other bloodlines against humanity, and once we get back well, to we go back to the Gigi, remember the Gigi, yeah, separate from the Anaki? The Ujiji was just, it was like saying Americans or, the, or Europeans. The Ujijis were living on Mars. That's all that meant. These are people that were Martians. They were living on Mars. And then you had the Anunnaki. Who, um, we don't, I'm not sure what the name, the Burans, I guess, are, are the, uh, the Anunnaki. Well, Anunnaki means those who yeah, came they came from, from heaven, the Biru. They came from the Biru to Earth. Um, they were quite uh, key or or man, they were man. They were man. So we're human. Now, Maldek was, was Maldek was the one. Now we're getting into cosmology, folks. Forty-five minutes into the show, so cosmology, <laughs> <laughs> alienology. You follow everything falls under cosmology. Honestly, it does. Ancient right. culture origin, and then we can put that even under ace folk life to make it easier under anthropology, well, depending on how you break it down. Yeah, go ahead. Because I wanted to address what Steve was concerned about. And I, I want to address all the people that are really concerned about their team. Because it's just okay. a team. Right? And, and you have this loyalty to certain people who are your team leaders. And you get all wrapped up in it. And it's like, no, they don't care about us. You know, it's like Michael Jackson said, they don't care about us. They don't really care about us. They care about our vote. They care about us uh, giving them power and control manipulation over humanity. But, you know, you're not going to get married to a royal unless you're uh, of the bloodline. And everybody else is outsiders. We're all outsiders. Everybody. And it's sad because we want to believe in our heroes. We want to believe well, that so-and-so is a good person. Let's and explain that. they really that. care about humanity. But they don't. They don't give it an Let me go into the cosmology of that. Okay, you Okay, turn. remember – all right, the Allied Command, okay, prior to all the historical factors that we do know on the planet, and most people on the planet have graduated from all the world religions into the uh, Gobekli-Tepli era, I guess one might say, because we're looking for words to describe places in, on the planet and how the pyramids, and uh, there's many, many sets, but how we're lined up with planets in the solar system. Plus, we know that our ancients knew that by the rotation of the planets and uh, how they kept the historic uh, writings back to the Sumer area, our Sumerian tablets, and uh, we can drop names, but uh, there was actually ways that we taught prior to Thoth and the Anunnaki, and people think they're evil uh, demons, but before we 
humans were trained by the kings and queens <laughs> who were said to be original Anunnaki. Now, that's just one one thread, Janet. So remember, this is a multi-layered million-dollar or billion, billion, billion year and billion amount of money in gold to protect the planet. So we do know that gold is important, but the Anunnaki story is said that these people came and went, uh-oh, Janet fell off. Uh-oh, I hope she comes back. <laughs> so uh, we need to talk about the fact that we are tracking not only world religions and how they all cross over with what they call the deluge or the Noah and all of that. But uh, let me – here she is. I thought you fell off because I was talking about the Anunnaki. Oh, but, I – no, I actually no, you pushed hit a button. the button. I, I wanted to mute and unmute, and I hit the wrong button. Um, and I forget what yeah, I so, wanted to reply to. Well, just We're remember, before the kings. Lucky. Yeah, but before, oh, all, I want to do is, all I want to do is say that we did the fear porn and the fear factor. And, and it's today's time, it's that the, all the governments are running guns and drugs. All the governments Make the yeah, most money the off the things. They, the deep state. But what we need to go into is cosmology and getting there. off the planet. Because it's what it is, is they don't want us to understand that we came from space. We came from other planets. And those that were royalty kept those stories between the kings and the church. Okay? And the, believe it or not, yeah, the king, government the and religions ran the mm-hmm. program on the planet okay they were it was yeah, it was controlled do. and we still have right. various levels of bloodlines that do that around the world and they they say that most of us my daughter has other but most of us have 46 chromosomes and in egypt they thought because egypt came along and tried with sumer time to try to but you know they didn't talk about the pyramids because they didn't have any data on it. They tried to make it like, you know, it was made with people off the planet or those who they worshipped before that and uh, because they didn't understand. So let me get into the cosmology part that I understand about the Allied Command, okay? And this is that the ACO, the Allied Command organization that my husband and I were sent to understand in this reality And it has to do with pyramidology and the pyramids and the markers where they were dropping various levels of uh, genome for uh, chromosome. And there is the DNA and the caduceus, and we use it in the medical field. uh, It's the Human Genome Project, okay, (laughs) all all over again. But the thing is, they could, those that from the heavens came and all these other people, they were putting them on this planet. Now, the people that I work with in the Allied Command said they found us here. Now, they're billions of years old. Remember last week, Janet, when Steve was introduced and you started asking me questions I didn't want to get into, really. But we're going to be going there. And some of it is the fact that there are beings on the planet walking around, and there's, some of them are trying to get people killed. And uh, because of their DNA inheritance, and people don't even understand it. So some of them are picking up some of their family and putting pieces of equipment in them, which I guess they're less intelligent because the ones I worked with, they don't have to do that. From what I could see, they could monitor everything. They don't need to put any piece of equipment in you. They're so far advanced. 
But the one thing that they told my husband and I was that they found us here, which really blew my mind because I was under the understanding that they started at the Anunnaki level. <laughs> but well, they, they found, weren't. They, they found Homo. They found species here already, and they um, they used what was already here. So this planet has been uh, a uh, experimental lab for billions and billions of years. The Anunnaki only came here four to fifty thousand years ago. So no, we already had many species walking the earth. And right, so they, billions. They wanted to see which ones would be most adapted most readily adapted, and they noticed well, that the uh, Homo erectus was letting the other animals out of the cage. And he went, oh, this the is Homo sapiens. Has compassion. But no, the Homo erectus, they had Before compassion they came. for other animals. And then they used the Homo erectus, or Bigfoot, as the base for splicing on their DNA, or the other way around. They, they took something as a base. Sasha thinks it was actually an Anunnaki, and they spliced they, uh, they use the Ajiji for that as the slave race. Remember, they brought the Ajiji well, no, with the, them. The, the Ajiji, that was just Ajiji, one race. You know, you're mixing terms. The Ajiji means they're, they're the ones that came down from Mars. They are, they are the Anunnaki they left in the Mars base because they needed to use that as a transshipment station because they took the gold to Mars. But where is that written they, they that they came from Mars? Cause I, but where is the, the, the term? Because... It, the, the term Martian. That's Zacharias Sitchin's, the Sumerian it's, it's text Sumerian about text. the Ijiji, because I studied people. that years ago. Yeah, there's other well, people. There's other but people remember, that but th- remember, I only read Zacharias Sitchin's Twelfth Planet. I mean, you might remember, I'm a Sitchinite like you are. So that's right. all we had at the time when we had Eric von Donneken. Remember, Eric von Donneken said, well, he was studying yeah. the Bible. But that was the now that's now folks that's not the only path and that's one of the big that's like going well, which university did like you go Frager. to? There's yeah, people, there's many Frager, many many people, people that have that have not many. It's kind of a, a, a little field, but there are many people that have uh, you know looked at the the, the the and I feel like we're neglecting Steve. So, so we're so, splitting hairs again. We're we're, we're digressing. Yeah, yes, from cosmology. Yeah, so, so basically, yeah, there's going to be including Steve. Yeah. Well, Steve, what it is is, and, and we can, we've only got 35 minutes now, but I wanted, ufology, folks, the study of UFOs, nuts and bolts people. So that's people like MUFON and stuff. PSYOPs, you can say it's more like government, white, gray, black, and I can get into that, but we're going to have to break each one of these into a different topic well, weekly, apparently. But go ahead, Steve. Another what objection I have to MUFON is that it's still in the lights in the sky stage of the UFO research, and we're way beyond that, but... Um, a lot of people in MUFON don't want to admit that or go beyond that uh, that stage. I mean, we have physical evidence. We have um, uh, abductee reports that will be taken a lot more seriously by the organization um, simply because there are so many of them. Uh, it's a big body of evidence. And um, there's well, where do you alien eyes, landing traces, all kinds of things. Where do you put John Lear in Arizona and pilots that flew for the CIA in the story? Because he was the big blabbermouth, John Lear, back when Ben Rich was alive. Remember Ben Rich and the Skunk Works? Or you were alive then, yeah. weren't you? Yeah. Well, I think okay. John Lear has said um, uh, sounds true to me, and then some things do not. I mean, I, I'm not sure where to, where to, to fit it in, but um, uh, it, it may be that he, he just knows a lot more about what government was up to than I did. Um, I'm, I'm not sure um, 
what to make of some of the things he said, but a lot of things he said have uh, turned out to be true or most likely true. Like um, he said there were spacecraft in Saturn's rings uh, uh, doing recovery of uh, water and minerals, uh, and uh, it, it indeed appears that um, a lot of the shepherd moons in um, uh, Saturn's rings uh, are probably artificial, and the, the moon uh, Geppettus of Saturn uh, appears to be uh, hollow or um well, who is that uh, gentleman he follows? He he's read ten books on. He follows one particular man. Is he a channel? Is he getting his information direct? Because John, John, John Lear, Lear uh, I, I don't know. He, uh, that, he follows a particular man channel. that writes. Yeah, he he's he's got a huge history of books. He's a, a very learned man, and he was a you know I, I no doubt that he is very well educated. But, uh, you know, for Vegas and Scott Works, I mean, the man, I, I respect him and for the work, like Stanton Friedman, we should mention him. But, folks, whether we're going to put him under alienology, cosmology, or ufology, psyops, or all, you know, in the UFO Association, because UFO is going to wind up being a defunct term, you do know they use UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, now. And that's the one that uh, the Clintons made famous. When uh, uh, we thought Hillary was going to be Hillary, president, and she on. was on the show, Hillary, Hillary well, Clinton. I'd like to go back to what John, what um, Steve was saying. Though I, I was okay. asking a question about. So, Steve, you were talking about, and I just, um, I got lost again. Uh, there was a question I wanted to ask you about what you were saying. Oh, uh, when are they going to get off of the lights in the sky? Yeah, because that's always so interesting. Oh. Like, oh, no, okay. we're yeah, they, 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 don't, they don't want to go forward with the research. I mean, so I'm glad you've noticed too. I mean, um, they're they're just they're stuck on that. Um, they want um, they're following the whole government precept that aliens, if they're admitted to exist at all, ought to be safely up in the atmosphere or out in space, uh, and they can't uh, they can't admit that they're coming down and uh, messing with people in their bedrooms and in their automobiles uh, driving down the road at night because um, that. Damn well, could cause a panic if uh, if it uh, was admitted to by the government. It also well, have to admit that uh, it depends of all on the grades of dollars they spend on defense that, uh, that that the aliens can come and go as they please. They know right. the difference. And that, and that's what I started with. Uh, I asked, them, "Do you have them coming into your room?" And I've had the grays that you know people sometimes they go, "Well, they came when I was young." No, I've had the grays in, in dawn, so it wasn't even dark come and stand right beside my bed. And it was about a year ago now. So they're still visiting me. That's what I asked you. I know a lot of us have had yeah, childhood Yeah, I, I, I remember seeing him. I, I remember my, my latest memory was about was about uh, five years old. So, yeah, they're still, still coming. No, I've had, I'm I, a, I have I'm almost, I, I am an almost 65-year-old adult. In another two weeks, I was 65 years of age. So it wasn't about uh, procreation. They came and stood beside my bed, and we had a, a dialogue, a conversation. And that's why I was wondering, TJ, if you've had any interaction uh, with them, you know, now that you're beyond the reproduction. I can't age. be honest about it right now because I still have some uh, blocked memories in between. In, uh, uh, folks, I'm 67, so most of it is real in 3D experiences. But, Janet, I don't know how to answer that. The reason being... And, Steve, I'm going to need your help on this. So as journalists and researchers, I want to be as scientific and real as possible. However, being a trained psychic 
and being found from 15 forward in NASA in government and Department of Navy. I worked for the Department of Navy, DOD, DON, and then when I went to Washington, the CIA asked to buy my contract. The psychiatrist asked me that. I have, and then after that, meeting people that used ESP and didn't have to talk with their mouth. I'm very conflicted because I worked with Men in Black from the 80s forward, as far as I know. And uh, Grays, we weren't allowed to talk about them, period. I couldn't admit or deny anything about them. However, I went on record, Janet, with seeing them with the government in 86. J. Allen Hynek died, but they had me meet or someone. This is what I need to get into the scientific and the phenomenology uh, cosmology is the fact that now that I'm going to come forward with before I die, there's various levels of existence in one experiencer's life that includes this whole gambit of uh, understanding. J. Allen Hynek was in charge of KUFU, Steve, C-U-O, Center for UFO Studies. Are you familiar with KUFOs, Steve? Uh, not, not so much. All right. Well, he well, worked with Project Blue Book. Yeah. Okay, right. so uh-huh. some people may not know. All right, J. Allen Hynek I met in person, and this was along when we had uh, – what's the other one, Janet? Dr. Bruce Maccabee worked for with the government. We I had him care. start I don't this. Know. I don't know the name. All right, well, there's a bunch one. of them back care. in the day. <laughs> I don't care. All right. Who cares? Well, back in the day. <laughs> NICAP was one of them. Was that the one? Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. So the government's always been involved. It's just when the money would run out and we'd let other people take over contractors or start nonprofits or whatever. So we started a bunch of nonprofits. So, yes. So, yes, the government has always been involved one way or another. So we have got to, with the UFO Association and the ACO Association, Health and Wellness, is we've got to get above the separation of red, white, and blue, black, pink, whatever colors. But remember when we go back to the DNA and the history and the Allied Command, I was told that the 23 in the chromosomes, the DNA, remember we said, and I've heard uh, Dr., well, we'll just say John Lear, say 87, and then I've heard 67 levels are various aliens. So I'd like alienology to consider any information, including that that Art Greenfield has in his uh, UFO file or John Lear has in his. No matter, you know, we'll keep people by their their state or whatever. I don't know, but we got to figure out how to run this in a very short period of time in 2019 because it's only going to get thicker and more involved. And now that John and uh, not John. Uh, Bob Lazar on record with his producer. Have y'all seen that? He came out. They're making. They made a documentary for Bob Lazar, and I'm on that team. And that uh, because now let me tell you, Janet, Allied Command is supporting uh, me and Bob Lazar because my husband and I were told about the numbers on the table before uh, Bob was. And he knew about people in other divisions besides Bob Lazar. 
where I was learning about how we communicated with our minds with the grays to answer Janet. Tom was working on the weapon systems. Remember how they had pieces? But we also knew they had the full craft. So this is why Janet wants to help me or me and her write a book with what she knows to put the chapters in and why we met because it's very ET or alien or both guided. So the ET, a lot of people, Janet, want to say extraterrestrials are benevolent. And I even said that back in 87 and then uh, back again in 97 and 2007 with uh, Stanton T. Friedman when we were working on the MJ-12 manuals, right, with Dr. Robert Wood. But I only talked to Robert's son. I didn't talk to William Tompkins or uh, Robert Wood, but you did. You talked uh, to William Tompkins, remember? I so talked now, to both Bob. I talked to both Bob Wood and Bill Tompkins and their wives at okay. the Newfound Conference, not not this past year, but in 2017. And well, this is I another was level. To meet with Bill Tompkins. Yeah, you called before, me on. Uh, and then yeah, you were in meetings. Them. You called me. Do you remember? Him. I was in the I Human did. Genome Project then, with my daughter. Remember, we were working with so the Nordics Monday, in the right. medical field. Okay. So Monday That's before real, I was folks. going to catch my plane, I was supposed to meet with him. But then Bob Woodcomb said, I'm going to take uh, Bill because we're working on his book. So I'm sorry, but I'll, I'll make sure he gets back with you. And I, he never got back with me because Bill wanted to get my piece of the information because every time he looked at me, see, Bill's very telepathic, and he's looking at me. He's going, what is that? You know, and I go, well, I'm telepathic like you are. Let's explore this because that gets activated in some of the contactees experiencers, and he wanted to tell me something about, he said that you can take any problem and you storyboard it, and it's a 10-foot no, it's a foot he had one. He had long. a six by. And he said we. Now he said we do this with everything. They have them. Yeah, we storyboard it. Over. They storyboard. He said we have that all over. We, we did everything. Yes. And you know, we're talking about every problem we had faster than a computer. It's it's a human thing, and it's what we do. We storyboard, and when you we see had it laid out from forty feet long, and that's why the old papyrus are rolled up in scrolls. Because it's right. a storyboard, and it's all, and it's it's like an abacus. It's like primitive, but it's so efficient. It's so more efficient than computers, and it uses the human mind and our intellect and our ESP. And he says he kept saying, "You have to understand. That's how we solve problems. We need to go back to doing that. That's how we resolve all the issues that fight humanity." But Bob wanted to tell me about the reptilians. He said, I've got to tell you about the reptilians, what's really going on. And I would never deal with that. I won't deal with it. Those were the ones that Tom and I were told. We didn't like them. They were always jacking with us in space, remember? And we separated Uh the greys because they were the ones that destroyed the greys, the original grey family. They destroyed the planet like Maldek. They blew the crap out of it. So this was important. And that's where, you know, Tom and I, but Bill, I met him, and they had me meet him at a hangar. And I remembered, 
they were storyboarding with him and me, and I met him in Dayton, Ohio, because the government had me drive there. And then I met him again at the hangar when uh, Qualcomm, I, I said, remember Qualcomm, because I knew they were going to block me. You know, when they'd take me to the CIA, like they'd do sodium pentothal, right? I got onto the nurse because right, they were yeah. putting in me, and, not, and not, I was like, no way, because, I mean, I did that. I was trained, okay, as a phlebotomist. Is that what it's called anymore? Uh-huh. I don't even remember. Okay. So uh, when they when I was going in uh, for a CIA briefing, or one of the one of the polygraphs, they put that in me, and it made me cry, and my nose bleed, my nose, uh, not bleed, run, and uh, you mm-hmm. know people were saying, God, they're taking her over the grill. But what it was is they wanted me to work with the Pentagon, right? When my girlfriend that she and I roomed together, she went to the Pentagon, and I went to the, I guess, to the Department of Navy, uh, but they bought my contract in intelligence. But it was NSA, National Security Agency, that was always meeting with me. But when I went to Chicago and I met J. Allen Hynek, then I met, uh, you know, went up and did uh, in crypto rooms between the FBI and the CIA were sharing rooms. Of course, the NSA busted that all up or the government. I don't know. They always were fighting over money, all the groups I worked with. So that's a part of it, too. But now this is just history, folks. To me, it's no big deal because I lived through it. But the part that I think is important to Steve and you and me is the fact that we have been working with MUFON are in ways that we didn't know. But only I only got involved after J. Allen Hynek and the U.S. Navy and then William Tompkins. So I could prove I met him and that he was storyboarding and all the levels, and they were – you know, I don't know how. Did, when Bill, you met Bill because you guys went to UFO conferences. Steve, did you meet William Tompkins right before he died at the UFO? At the, was he an no. international UFO no, or no, contact never, in the I, desert? No. MUFON. I never met him. It was a MUFON. Yeah. Okay, Janet, where did, got, let's get this on record. Janet, where did you meet him? It was one of those UFO conferences. It was the Las Vegas MUFON conference, and I haven't been to a MUFON. It was the first MUFON conference I went to. I asked you and to I go to that. You weren't even going to go. I heard you, you, about that. I heard about that. No, let me, let me go back. I was at Contact in the Desert, and I ended up talking to a woman who was uh, her, somebody she knew was working on Bill Tompkins' book, uh, and so she said, he's going to be at the MUFON conference. So I booked it because I wanted to go there and work with Tompkins. And I had just been, I had just received selected by extraterrestrials, and I was going, oh, this is it. This is really it. This is, we have to go over this. So anyway, that's why I booked it. I told Sasha, I said, I don't care. We're just going to go. And he, you know, he follows my lead. He says, okay, we'll go. So we did. Um, and then he, but this is this is going back to what we said earlier. Things are orchestrated. And well, yeah, I remember you weren't one to go because you met Heineck, I met Heineck. When I was uh, in my, uh, I turned twenty-one at the Star Trek conference, and I went to two in a row in New York City uh, when I was twenty twenty-one. And there was J.I. Allen Heineck there, so I met Heineck a lot. And then I would go to the ball, and they'd be, you know, informal. You go up and talk to him. So I, I've had some personal conversations with him. I was very young and I was stupid, but you know, at least I had. So everything is directed and orchestrated. So we get to meet these people and go to do these things. And I, but I'm trying to piece into this puzzle here is what is Steve's role? So I don't want to leave him out of the conversation, and we have about 15 minutes left. Archivist, so Steve, what would you like to say about and what chemist. we just talked about. 
Yeah, what would you like to say about what we just discussed? And uh, thank you for being our witness. Steve, uh, back to you. Well, like I said, I, mean, I, I just never have trusted MUFON because uh, I've just seen evidence that um, that they have an agenda against uh, any kind of um, good physical evidence um, coming to light. And, I, and Dr. Lear, who I trust him, trusted implicitly, told me that uh, they were taking Air Force money to grab any physical evidence from people that, um, that had it in the public and, um, and uh, telling uh, people that um, it was... Uh, Ordinary earthly stuff. While they uh, sent it into the Air Force to be analyzed, the, the true results would never see the light of day. Well, my problem was I was a former investigator trained in uniform, out of uniform, legal investigator for rich attorneys out of Houston, Percy Foreman, Benton Muscle, like John O'Quinn, but uh, mainly Newton B. Schwartz because he, Newton, I met back in the day when Percy Foreman. Uh, well, I know that I met him in 19... We argue over it, but uh, I know when I was running Jandor Gardens, and so when he interviewed me for a job, I had worked for Dr. Grady Hallman, heart surgeon, and Dr. John Hill, plastic surgeon. And they wrote uh, for Blood or Money about John Robinson Hill and me uh, riding horses and going to the Shamrock Hilton. And he said he doesn't remember a lot, but he said, I remember you talking about Grady Hallman and John Hill because I hired you to work for me. And that's when I was running at NASA, working for Newton B. Schwartz, attorney at law, and he had uh, in property investments. But what was so funny is he's, uh, I took on, uh, from Jandor Gardens for Dr. John Hill and Grady Hallman's investment by the Warwick, where I got my tooth busted at 15 and met these uh, Arabic uh, the people. Janet, I thought about this. My aunt worked for the uh, government and met the Shah of Iran, and I saw the pictures at her house in Monroe, Louisiana. And her husband was one of the ones that worked for the government, uh, but her sister's husband worked for the government. So I'm not sure how this goes. Even though my mother didn't believe in UFOs and didn't work for the government, she worked for geospace engineering, and she worked for Olin Matheson, which was a paper company, as her brother did, that became a millionaire on doing Winchester cartridge stuff and owning million. Each machine was a million in Memphis, and then I did the mid Mid South Con there. So I'm not sure I'm this if I'm the second generation or not. Even though my mother wasn't. This is this is stuff we've got to look into because my aunts, okay, my mother's mother's sisters worked mm-hmm. because I saw pictures of her in Florida with the Shah of Iran. And that was back when we were trying to Americanize and help Iran and really going to help the world, everybody, make it global, which nobody wanted to do mm-hmm. the – everybody worked together. But we're getting off the planet. But we're, they were going to help us go into space back then they were going to americanize and a lot of the old uh, the old guys that were still alive didn't want to i guess you'd say old muslims or you going back in the world religions apparently they didn't want to americanize they didn't want to go into space or do something so the whole i was dancing for those uh people that were coming over and working with the bushes uh and dr hill dancing? got killed during that time yeah i was a dancer 
What kind of dancer? Uh, I was a can for them at the Warwick Hotel. We were can can dancers. And when oh I worked God. with Bob Hope, what I worked with Bob Hope and went over to uh, Fort Polk. We were with Bob Hope, and then I worked with Bob Hope, and I was on stage with him. And my husband worked with Bob Hope, so he was all part of that stuff, too, and Jackie Gleason was. So why did you say, oh, my God, because you were a dancer? Well, no, because the can-can, there's a, that movie by Shirley MacLaine. Who was she dancing for? Oh, um, she was a beautiful dancer. She was my mother's age. Mother was the whole Houston Rockette, mm-hmm. but Shirley was... Uh, a famous actress, right? She she was in Hollywood. No, I'm talking she... about the movie about Can Can dancing, uh, starring Shirley MacLaine, 1960, and I think that they, what happened was they they did the Can Can for some. It's just like you did. You did the Can Can for the the Shaw or something. They did the Can Can for Russia. Anyway, the person they went in and they did the Can Can to a foreign leader. And the foreign leader just went, oh, his jaw dropped, and he's like, he hates it. I can't remember which foreign leader it was. I'm trying to figure it out. I don't know why words trigger. Well, we'll have to look at that. So just write that down, somebody's favorite. So the favor. same thing happened. That's what they did. They triggered. They, yeah, we can. Yeah. But um, I broke my tooth, and uh, and Percy Foreman wanted to sue Warwick, and they settled. Uh, but that's how I wound up working for Percy Foreman. And my uncle out of California, Charles Thurmond, with uh, something merchant seamen or something, but I remember he had a big ship, and uh, Percy wanted to marry me, and uh, gave me all kind of, you know, he had 16 car Lincolns and all that. He was gonna, it was really sad because he loved me with the red hair, and uh, you know, I went and had Thanksgiving with him and stuff, but I was embarrassed because he asked me to marry him, you know, and he had a little man that fixed. Mm-hmm. In the kitchen, fix his dinner, and it's just me and him. But he had a son and a daughter, and it was sort of freaking me out because that wasn't. Oh God, I've gotten way off the track. I shouldn't be saying yeah, this. I just realized. Yeah, I shouldn't be saying this. Is stuff that's going to freak everybody back. out stop, in Houston. Stop, 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 yeah, stop, stop the Houston yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, okay, let's go, go back, back rewind, to Invisible rewind, College rewind. Ufology Psyops. Well, that could go into the fact that let's we went we went off. <laughs> Steve, your part. Janet asked you your part. Which? What is your part in all of this? ACO, Invisible what College, part in all of this? Yeah. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Uh, define my part in all of this. I'm not sure how to answer that. Oh, uh, I mean, I'm, 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 what's I'm, your part? Yeah, I don't think he knows well, I've, yet. I've, he knows I've, like we're all ET experiences. Uh, I've, I've had a lot of alien contacts over the years, and... Um, I uh, started studying the field in earnest uh, about 10 years ago when um, they put an implant in my toe, and I went to to, um, contact Dr. Lear um, to uh, start an investigation into it, and he gave me uh, a prescription to get it x-rayed and um, gave me a copy of the film, um, and uh, I knew I was going to see something on the film, but when I did, it pretty much changed my life forever, and I've been a... Uh, an abduction researcher and um, uh, a um, scientist who studies uh, alien implants and their uh, UFO physical evidence ever since. And um, I also want to um, get this information out to the public, or at least to the elements of the public that are ready to hear the information. I'm not interested in shoving it down people's throats that um, 
aren't ready for it, but at the same time, I think the people that um, that uh, want to hear this deserve to hear it. Uh, that we're um, uh, in contact with with alien races, and that um, uh, we're not alone in the universe. And um, I don't think the government really has the right to to cover that up. I mean, um, I I'm, like I said, I would I would like to be pro government on this uh, on this score, but uh, they have a huge agenda in covering up um, uh, information about this and. Um, um, it's about national they, uh, security, but they, you know, we're going off planet. So, Steve, let's make an agreement on some level because as long as people are in fear of being abducted, that's fear. Part of it's fear porn. Porn. So we have to. And Janet and I deal with victims versus agree, agreements. Are those that have had past lives or understand they were all aliens anyway, for, regardless of the world religions. We're all created somewhere out in space. And a lot of people in science just say they're stardust. But if you believe that alien civilizations exist, that's one level. Now, whether they're, you're part of a family up there or a certain part, or you could just happen to be part of the family that likes to check on the people and see how they're physically doing and checking on them, because what, else, what other reason do they have? Why do they only choose certain people to put certain things in when my group – said, and I'll just share this with you, the Allied Command that I worked with was way above all this Stellar Command or this uh, Solar Command or Solar Warden or any of those inner Valhalla or inner, inner Earth people, okay, because they're millions of years old, if not billions. But they did observe, and Janet, and we discussed this last week, Steve, with you, real and 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 how you remember that so we need to separate all that but now we we did this with alien hunters is there are alien hunters and Tommy is now falling over there with Daryl Sims they went and Daryl you know went with that with you and Dr. Lear but now Dr. Lear is no longer there but I think uh Daryl told me he had some other people lined up now and he's going over to the UK for the UFO truth or UFO truth magazine group which we're working with, with Tina Bird and some other people. So we can handle the alien hunters and the implants and all that under the Alien Hunters Organization, if you want. The UFO Association can pick up part of the MUFON people, I guess, if they want, or not everybody wants to pay $5 a month to do research in their database. But we've got to, we've got to start our own database. Now, Janet has six years prior of people she's had come on Aquarian Radio. So each of us that are independent contractors can have their own databases. And so what I need to do between the three of us is decide, like Janet doesn't like to, Janet, how would you say it? Misha, my lab program, that we call them the victims against I, their will. I don't, want to go into, I don't want to go into calling anybody negative or anything. Uh, that's a, that's a private conversation. Well, you got to separate them though, Janet. Um, you have to, because aliens. I don't want to evoke any private conversation. What I just want to say about that is, there are different categories of people's experiences, and they yes. they come. A lot of people start in the victim mode, where they that's the term abducted. They've been abducted. They pull in an agreement. But if you do your work on it, a lot of people realize, oh yeah, I did agree to it, and that's the. Like Dolores Cannon said, there's the three waves of volunteer. So they they come to the realization, oh, that was what I had volunteered to do, 
but my ego self, the ego person, goes into flight or fight or flight fight or flight. responses. To, yes, to some kind of uh, out of the box stimuli that they can't explain. So all of a sudden they see, uh, like when I was a child, I would see this rept- er, reptilian. And he was dressed like the Green, Grim Reaper, right? And uh, he would come out of a, a portal in my backyard. It was actually my neighbor's yard. And, um, you know, we would do this kind of um, battle, much like what was videoed or, or filmed in Harry Potter. So Harry Potter dealt with the um, ring waste or whatever they called them. They looked at the Grim Reaper, this um, kind of ghostly, evil ghostly being that um, comes and tries to suck your soul out of your body, right? <laughs> and so, well, that would be under alienology, right? So, you didn't put that under ufology. Well, I didn't put it anywhere. The aliens are very interested older, in the uh, science yeah. of the human soul. I know that. Right. No, we're not. We have six more minutes. But I just want to wrap this up. Uh, when I got older and I did my work on it and I did hypnosis on it, what I realized was he was just trying to communicate with me. And reptilian telepathic communication is much more intense than the gray telepathic communication. I wasn't used to it. it when you're dealing with a reptilian, it's so intense because they are totally transplanted. They have, they have no secrets in their society from one another at all. They're like they're one. But uh, there is some separation um, between self and a parent other in other species that are telepathic. So that's why it felt so intense. And I finally ended up having a conversation with him uh, telepathically, and he said, I'm so sorry I scared you. And I went, I understand. No, I didn't understand when I was a little girl. But now as an adult, I'm able to reflect. So that's what we're talking about. You go from victim at first, and then you go, oh, well, this was uh, a relationship we had, and we didn't understand. It's just a misunderstanding, but you know that's only what the people I'm working with. I don't, I don't have the whole continuum of, of every experiencer in the world, but I'm noticing some patterns, and I'm just documenting those. Okay, back to you. I'm done talking. All right, let's just, just put that under the last word: psyops. Psychological operations are operations to convey selected information and indicators to audiences to influence their emotions, motives, and objective reasoning, and ultimately the behavior of governments, organizations, groups, and individuals. Now that is straight out of the wikipedia.org, which is a nonprofit wiki open source, but a man started that. I'm sure that there's plenty of money, but they're always asking me to give more money, which I do a little bit every year. But now psychological operations is used in government and outside of government, and they have white level, gray level, and black level. So maybe everybody can help us with uh, psyops, and there is propaganda used in, and I've been in the military and the Navy and went to big auditoriums where we talked about propaganda. So we have a history of psyops, psychological psychological operations are psyop, are planned operations to convey selected information and indicators to audiences, blah, blah, blah. But remember, in the mindscape of things, in the in our open minds, is we have to realize that all these organizations and associations probably are at some level, whether it's white, gray, or black. And and most of us know that black is like underground or deep state or in the military, black ops, 
Some of them are wet, meaning death and dying, uh, assassinated, uh, uh, sanitized. There's all kind of words. So, you know, some of that gets pretty deep, and people that aren't in the military don't want to hear it. They don't want to know about it, and that's the thing with a lot of the kings and then presidents is accountability and deniability. So that's why we have so many problems in politics, and by the way, David Wilcock and all of them that are David and Corey and uh, Emory Smith and what they're being told not to talk about, and they're going and gotten a million or two million hits. I've lost count just on the fact that they were introducing uh, their their new well, – whatever the one they were going to make money with, their documentary. So everybody remember just uh, – whether Facebook uh, X them out or what, I don't know. But you can, you know, keep David Wilcock, Emory Smith, and Corey Good. They're really famous and popular right now. That's one level of psyops or uh, <laughs> level of emotional education. And then there's going to be ours. And Bob Lazar and John Lear and George Knapp, Las Vegas group. But uh, we'll see how that works. Okay, so Steve, do you want to come back next week and see how this? Pans out because I'm, you know, everybody can be at the subscriber level or whatever level we're going to educate people. So we'll have to see how long we ET or can show up. I'm surprised you showed up, Steve. To be honest with you, <laughs> you going to come back next week? Yeah, sure, I'll come back. Janet, you want to come back next week? I'm supposed to be the co-host on this. I think I'll be here unless uh, something happens. I get sick or something. Yeah, I'll be here. Yeah. Okay, me and Janet pretty much are doing all these associations and letters and newsletters and websites and blogs. So hopefully we come back, folks, Janet and I and Steve. So, Janet, I think I think we'll just have to put this up and see what happens, okay? But we're, we'll grow I it. have a lot of people that want to come on the show. Let me just say this real quick. So uh, write to me at AquarianRadio at Gmail if you want to come on the show and you have something to present and talk about. Uh, I have. That's why I was trying to talk to you earlier. That's why I have people lined up. Uh, so I want to talk to you about system uh, booking. But I'm getting a lot of people wanting to come on the show. So please contact me, Aquarian Radio, Aquarian Radio at Gmail dot com. And mine is TJ Morris Agency at Gmail dot com. TJ Morris. I have radio. I have media. I have agency. And the uh, reason is, is the government knew me as T.J. Morris doing business as ACIR since 2004. And before that, I was Teresa or Terry Thurmond. And uh, before that, Parrish. And it goes on and on, Havelka. Or <laughs> but remember, you know, it's, it's all the history. We all have a history. So please remember, you are the author of your own life story. And we're going to work on a lot of stuff, and it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of classification. But Janet and I both got a download. We were lost at the end of December like everybody else. We're going, what's going to happen? And then all of a sudden, she and I both got a download that we were to get organized with the Allied Command. And then also, folks, we have the Supreme Allied Command. And above that was what we were told at off planet is God has always been. So it's up to you to decide how you want to classify all this. Steve, any anything you want to leave with people to contact you in California? That yeah, email I just want to say that I, uh, that I um, uh, am uh, into um, uh, 
scanning people for evidence of recent alien contact and um, um, anybody that wants to contact me for those services can contact me at uh, 805-625-2549 or my website um, alienevidenceinc.webs.com and um, I um, use techniques uh, pioneered by Dr. Lear with uh, uh, stud binder UV lights, um, Gauss meters and such to um, find um, uh, evidence of, of uh, physical evidence that somebody's been um, been um, contacted by aliens. Um, uh, one thing that um, that uh, we've found is that there's um, anomalous magnetic fields left behind and uh, 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 very um, highly fluorescent dyes that uh, are almost indelible left behind on people's bodies, and uh, it's very interesting stuff. Uh, I'd like to have you uh, show some of my um, uh, evidence uh, um, on your websites. Okay, great. And, folks, I have this ET level of psychic uh, existences that we're going to get into non-local, sort of like remote viewing, but also there's a level that they want you to connect. And this is something Janet, me, and Steve can get into, is that how are we all seeming to be going to this next level of existence where we're raising, we're all spinning in space and we've got planets spinning different ways. This thing is so deep that everybody, I know we didn't hit on everything tonight, folks. It's just impossible. So, you know, we may go into ETs, extraterrestrials, EBEs, extra bio- biological entities, uh, contactees. Uh, oh, I didn't even get into the stuff that, you know, we don't have on this planet. We get it out in space. Bob Lazar was working on well, that. We'll have to do this There's next so much. Week, we'll have to do this run. next week. I must run. All right. Yeah, Thank you, folks. I have another Thank you, Steve. Blessings. All right. Thank Aloha. you, Janet. All right. Okay. Thank Bye-bye. you, everybody. Thank you, Steve. All Bye. right, folks. This is it. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Thank you. That's all, folks. We'll be back same time, same station. Stick with ACO, American Communications Online. This is your host, Teresa J. Morris, with co-hosts Janet Carolesson and Stephen Colburn. So thank you. And we will be bringing various people with various topics in our various groups. That's AlienContact.org, Alien AlienHunters.org, and UFO Association are the three main. And then the main host, ACO, uh, I said ACO Association, and then American Communications Online. And this is uh, something that is all related and new, and we appreciate you tuning in, whether it's with iTunes or YouTube or Google or uh, FM Radio or Stitcher or Spreaker or whomever. So thank you, everybody, and we'll just continue Ufology 101 and getting it all defined and broke down so everybody gets a piece of the pie and we'll all be connecting the dots with Ancient Culture's Origin. This is Teresa J. Morris signing off till tomorrow night, Saturday night, and then we return Thursday. Thank you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.